a random Friday afternoon, generational change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter. And we definitely would have planned otherwise if it wasn't for a ball drop. But, you know, it happens. And so here we are on a Friday afternoon. And it does feel kind of weird, doesn't it? Yeah. And I don't like it particularly. And we only do this to accommodate people that need to be accommodated and that don't, that for whatever reason in their schedule, it's too hard for them to come in the evenings. And there's some times where we do do this. And I was reluctant actually with this one, given that we had had two previous fails. I was reluctant to rearrange our schedule for this person. And also I'll rearrange my schedule for people that are like in the UK and such and people that are in yes, that totally different well, time I was zones. kind of hoping to get, um, yeah, see, we would have asked our good friend Steve Grumbine to hop on simply because, you know, he's... No, we, we rearranged our whole schedule for a guest who now just canceled on us last minute for the third time. Yeah, that'll be the last. We won't ask her again. No, no. Clearly, what you learn in this world is that if you're if you're willing to go three rounds of, uh, and it's one thing if it's at a night show and there's other people that are scheduled. And we changed our whole schedule. Yeah, like I, and they know we rearranged our whole schedule. Yeah, that's not. It's It's totally unprofessional. And and what it really does show me though, and what I said to him is, it's sort of like how no response is its own response. The fact that this is the way this is to just talk to the state, the head of the state party, and that this is how it goes, to me just screams volumes that it's just the same, same old, same old, same old, same old. They're all just registering voters. And by the way, they're registering more Republicans and independents. All these Dem clubs are out there registering Republicans and independents and patting themselves on the back for all their voter registration efforts. Yeah. And if you don't have anything <laughs> to really point to in that regard, it's obviously not going to help you. Uh, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, we're, it's not a total loss. We have our friend Osiris yes, stuck in the middle podcast. will be coming, coming on, on shortly. And that's fine. Uh, but but what it, it is to me, it's like it's just. It's poor form. It's unprofessional. And it just doesn't speak well. And it's no it's not surprising. And also it allows for there to continually be no real accountability. If you don't make yourself available, you're not ever really accountable. It's like Debbie. Debbie doesn't have like office hours or anything. There's no accountability there. Well, no, it's really not hard to see how the party completely falls apart. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to turn this into an opportunity to throw Bernie under the bus. But if there's one thing that I have been told by a very reliable source is that Bernie's operation, particularly in southern states like South Carolina, were a complete disaster. Like a complete disaster. Well, okay. First of all, the fact that you're acting like you don't kind of know that, we know how the operation was here. Those guys were keeping their stuff at the campaign house. We saw how that was run here. It was a complete disorganized disaster. They didn't know. We. Why would you even guess it would be different anywhere than what we saw? No, it's a good point. But then again, we're also in a situation where we're looking for reasons to actually improve our circumstance. And when people just say, oh, you have to get out there and vote for Joe. Like that's going to solve the problem. It isn't when you have no fit. Again, it's like you're putting. And all they're doing is registering voters, but they're not doing anything to create something that voters want to vote for. So they're out there registering all these Republican and independent voters as their top priority. That's all they're doing. I get the, the newsletter from our Broward County Dem Club. And every event is just get out the vote, register voters, send postcards to voters. Get, 
okay, good. Let's encourage everybody to come out and vote, but they're surely not going to vote for you. What are they voting for? Well, not the, not the Democrat. Not asking for anything in particular. So, Jen, why don't you tell the wonderful five members of the current live stream? Although I think one of those is me, but that's okay. Okay. Well, anyway, my <laughs> got to do what you got to do, right? You got to try. <laughs> hey, we can't be We're as small and mighty. We can't be as popular as Keaton and Russell, who have uh, just been absolutely killing it. My goodness, they're yeah, doing some. Yeah, but they really- they like to focus on drama. Yeah, that's and true. you know, like again, I say they're talking about the wedding again. Like they're focused on the drama, and I just don't want to talk about that stuff. Hey, I was invited to the wedding. Whatever, I didn't go. I, I just couldn't care. Who less. cares? It's Nobody over. cares. Done. So what's? What, I will say this: we both would agree. Crystal looked lovely, and I, I wouldn't agree because I have not even seen a picture, and I really don't care to, and I just don't care. And again, it's it's pointless <laughs> banter that doesn't amount to anything, although. Um, the arguments, you know, being made for class struggle, let's be honest, it's all about filling airtime, but we need to be filling it with relevant stuff that can actually make change at the local level. So what are you working on that the party is not working on that you think is going to be very effective in getting out the vote, regardless of who wins? Yeah. So guys, for people in Florida, I don't know how many people watching ours in Florida, but we have recently lost our rights to bodily autonomy here. And I want to remind people out there, Florida is not a red state. Florida is a state with a red legislature, but Florida is kind of a populist purple state. It really is. The people that are in charge are not sort of like indicative. I would call it a swing red state, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't swing in the other. Yeah. And, and the point is it's, it's nowhere near the redness that you would see if you were just looking at what our legislature is, right? Like there, and it's totally different shades of red. But the point is, um, there will be a ballot initiative that we're getting on the ballot to um, include abortion rights in our constitution. Uh, we have until December 31st to get it to get close to a million signatures across the state. It is a huge effort that is being undertaken. Um, I was on a meeting the other night with over 700 people that were all volunteering like me to sort of um, be collectors of petitions and then hub hub leaders and all this stuff. But if you are anywhere in the vicinity of being a Florida voter or, you know, a Florida voter, um, they can sign this petition. It's easily downloadable. I'll, it's, I, right now, I don't have the link on me, but we're going to have the link. You guys can download it and you can mail it in or you can bring it to a hub. There's lots of hubs. My house is now a hub. So, but we are going to get our bodily autonomy back. That that's what we're doing. So, and yeah. I've, I've read the initiative. It's totally solid. It's already been like, it's all legal, very, very organized effort. And um, it puts it in the perfect place. The Florida's, Florida's constitution actually does um, include the right to privacy specifically. The right to privacy is specifically mentioned in the Florida Constitution. We don't have it in our national constitution, but Florida does. Probably the best thing that could have happened for the Democratic Party. But of course, they're fumbling the ball with it. Not a surprise. No, they're not. Okay, so that's another part of the story. But what's so what's so screwed up. So apparently, people, the concept of privacy is too amorphous for people to understand that it includes bodily autonomy. So therefore, we have to actually, for the cheap, stupid seats, create a literal amendment to our Constitution that allows for the right of abortion. And that's what we're doing, because apparently privacy is not a sufficient enough uh, right to protect my body. You would think it would be, but apparently it's not. Apparently, it needs to be spelled out exactly as to what I am allowed to do with my person. And very often when people give the argument about being pro-life, it's always centered on the most 
inexcusable. Uh, well, it's religion based. Usually. Yeah, well, it's, it's usually religion based. Sure, but they always want to pinpoint the most obscure circumstances, like somebody who's attempting a late term abortion or somebody who is you know promiscuous. What? And yet, there's never really any facts about it. They're all like these sort of like urban legend anecdotes. And the reason that's so is because no woman, no woman chooses to have a third trimester abortion for any other reason than necessity. Medical, either her, the baby, uh, whatever it is, whatever, no woman carries a baby to third term and then decides, eh, that's not a thing. And even in places where it's legal, there's so few places to have it. There's so few doctors that will even do it. They sell this like it's just a thing that all these women are just rolling up, super pregnant and just having their babies cut out of them. Like, that's a thing. That's not a thing. BW, would you like to elaborate on what you mean by that? Because I cannot say for the life of me what that even My means. day of worrying about what? Well, I don't know. Oh, you mean me about reproducing? If that's what you mean, I hear you. No need to point out the obvious. But well, for other I, people that, you know. But I'm not just, it, it has nothing to do with just me. I, I reject the whole concept of anybody telling people what to do with their bodies. And, and how you know for sure it's not pro-life, and this is how you really know, I don't see them offering prenatal care. Do you? Do you see them offering prenatal There's care no to prenatal these people? There's no prenatal care. There's no universal health care. There's no paid, paid family leave. There's no pre-K. There's no pre-K. So they don't give a rat's ass about the life of that baby. This is all about controlling women. And, and, and also, by the way, I would argue if anything around your reasoning as to why I shouldn't be allowed to do what I want with my person has to do with your religion, to me, that's a completely invalid argument. I, we, I don't live in, I don't live in a theocracy and I am tired of people's religious beliefs somehow being rationalized as if it's reasonable. No, it's just actually, and, a it, goes for every, and it goes for every religion. Oh, I yeah, mean, no, just no, no, because I we yeah. are a Judeo Christian by majority culture that doesn't mean that not every religion especially western religion has some absurd belief system but all of it is about control and, and mostly women yeah i mean the numbers don't lie guys over two out of three women believe that you have a right to you know choose to do what you want with your own body and of course it's about 50 50 with men <laughs> so the numbers just kind of spell I mean, it out what is wrong with these people Oh, my and the God. thing about men, there's one thing we know in this country is that women tend to be more religious than men are. So a lot of the decision making that men are basing their beliefs on have more to do with how they feel about women than they necessarily do about their faith. So when you talk to women who are pro-life, very often they tend to be at least to a degree religious. And that is important to them. Even if I believe that that's all nonsense, I can at least understand where they're coming from. That's great. When a man says, I don't think a woman has a right to choose or that is a life and et cetera, well, et cetera, religion, et cetera. You don't think it's religion there. With men, not as much as women. You no. think it's just more control. Absolutely. And that's more about uh, men don't like women that are promiscuous. I think that, well, they just don't like things that are just not comfortable for them. People don't like to feel uncomfortable. That's why they have issues with the LGBTQ community. That's why they have issues with, you know, the idea of abortion. You know, it's like, they don't like it. They don't like it. So nobody should have the right to do that or be that. 
No, not at all. But again, women have every right to do what they want because ultimately they're going to do it anyway. You are not stopping it. It's Well, it's just all it's going to do, by the way, we already have in the developed world, we have the highest infant and maternal mortality rates. And I they wonder are, why. yeah, we will see an increase in that as if that's even possible. What's fascinating about it is our country is literally going in the opposite direction of every other developed nation. Every other developed nation sees increases in life expectancy and decreases in mortality rates. They see that, not us. And I can't wait to see the statistics and how disgusting it's going to just make us look. I, I say that like hyperbolically. It disgusts me to no end. But our, our rates of maternal mortality, you already have doctors refusing to perform abortions on women with dead fetuses and or ectopic pregnancies that are going to burst. You have multiple cases now of doctors that are not doing that and women are have to wait until it's literally a life or death situation because the doctors are worried about the criminality. This is not a good idea. No. It's just not a good idea. No, and, and there was a story recently that just came out, which of course we can address since you obviously brought it up. Uh, there was a case where a woman in the state, um, her name is slipping me right now, um, but she actually gave birth to a child that didn't have any kidneys. And of course the child died almost instantly as soon as it was out of the womb. Again, Call it whatever you want to call it, but an abortion in that situation, let's say you pretty much can identify within probably the second trimester that the child has no kidneys. That's what you call a mercy killing. And that's a real thing. You could pretend like it is not necessary, but if a child is basically being born without an ability to function as a human, which in this case, people can be Oh, born. they think people should be born even if they have no brainstem and can't breathe on their own. Of course. They well, want women to carry those I, again, babies. I don't know if they believe that. And is it even written in the Bible? Again, I, forgive me for not even paying attention to what the Bible actually says. The Bible says. doesn't talk about any of this. Does the Bible shit. ever talk about whether or not an abortion is? No, the only references to abortion in the Bible are explaining how to have one. <laughs> of course. No, I'm serious. So, like bitter water. Like there's this whole thing about performing a home abortion in the Bible. I cannot for life me telling which chapter. Having to do with if your wife sleeps with another man, then you have to give her an abortion. Um, so it's, there's nothing in the Bible about that. That's all hooey pooey. Yeah. Although the truth is, is the Bible is kind of hooey pooey too. Yes. I would say that most of that is, uh, this is definitely one of the more disturbing stories. There's a lot of them people, because I reiterate, women don't carry babies till their third term and then decide, nah, no one does that. And there's no doctors that will do that, by the way. No doctor is going to do that. Even abortion doctors don't just do that. It's like these people really have no idea how that works. You know, one thing I can't stand about CNN, among other things, is of course we'll be addressing the Trump uh, town hall. This uh, is excruciating. That's what that is. Yeah. So, guys, if you know anybody who's listening, because of Florida abortion laws, she carried her baby to term knowing he would die. Yeah. This is what we're seeing now. This is how, this is what people are being forced to do. Florida woman unable to get an abortion in her state carried to term a baby who had no kidneys. <laughs> Deborah Dorbert's son Milo died in her arms on March 3rd, shortly after he was born, just as doctors had predicted he would. 
He gasped for air a couple of times when I held him. That's not the only issue. She also apparently had no amniotic fluid. Not only was the baby sure to die, her doctors told her, but her pregnancy is especially high risk because it puts her at risk of preeclampsia and that it's a deadly complication. They told her to terminate, but she couldn't. She would have had to go to another state. And believe it or not, most people can't just do that, which is why this affects people who don't have resources. It doesn't affect the rich people. Rich people will get an abortion. Rich people, you know, it's not their problem. Yeah, th that's just horrible. Florida law allows abortions after 15 weeks if two doctors confirm the diagnosis of a fatal fetal abnormality in, in writing, writing. But doctors in Florida and states with similar laws have been hesitant to terminate such pregnancies for fear someone will question whether the abnormality was truly fatal. Yeah. The penalty for violating the law is severe. Doctors can go to prison and face heavy fines and legal fees basically on their career. I just, uh, you know what? And again, this is a very small, small group of radical people that support this. Well, you know, religious people don't. Let me I, again. I know people that are very pro-life. And they would never in a million years be on board with criminalizing the doctor or the mother. Like the criminalization aspect is something that most people, even if they're pro-life, are not with. And I want, like people need to understand that. Like people who are truly religious people that are pro-life, they don't believe incarcerating doctors for helping women who are going to have a stillbirth. So religious people are not all about this. I'm just saying and not only that, but, you know, we constantly rag on the show about the privileged, you know, suburban liberals that get themselves caught up in these, you know, token, if you will, gestures, because for them, it's not about actually changing the infrastructure and fixing the broken system we have. But it's about pinpointing a specific issue that matters to them in a way that because they have so much free time on their hands, they make it a pet project. Well, this is very true of the comfortable suburban conservatives, especially the religious nutjobs that decide that they are going to make it their mission to determine who can choose what to do with their body and who can't. Not because it's necessary, but because it's in their feelings and, and their belief in, you know, sky angels and things like that. I don't want to knock on anybody who is a religious person. I believe in the possibility of a higher power. I do not believe in organized religion at all. Uh, I understand that people need it for comfort and for means to keeping society functioning in terms of keeping people in line. There are certain elements to religion that can be beneficial, but there's always going to be ones that take advantage of it for the worst possible reasons. And that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with people who think that they have a right to get in the way of your ability to have bodily autonomy. It, no, not your right. My right. Well, sure. Okay. So go here for a second, please. So guys, One the name second. of the coalition is Floridians for Reproductive Freedom. There will be tons and tons of people all around the state from different sub organizations, whether it's the League of Women Voters, Florida Rising. There are some Dem clubs that are going to be being hubs. So wherever you are, if you're approached by somebody that has the ballot initiative for Floridians for Reproductive Freedom, please sign it only once. But please make sure you guys sign this ballot if you are in Florida. Yeah, so All right. Right now, I'm not seeing where it's it might not be downloadable for everybody just yet. I, I don't know where the download is, but this is the group that I'm with. Uh, money for local campaign. No, it's not. They haven't here. Let me let me let me on this for a second. OK, just entertain. Yeah, I mean, as I've always said, I mean, look, I'm I'm pro-choice 
uh, because I'm a man and because <laughs> I don't carry babies to term. And despite what some people may say, uh, as a result, uh, this is a women's health issue. That's what it's always been. It's what it always should be. And there are numerous circumstances where an abortion is absolutely necessary. Now, you may not like to hear that if this is something that affects you um, in terms of your beliefs. And you can say that abortion is murder. You can call it whatever the hell you want. At the end of the day, either you believe that we do have the right to, you know, individual freedoms. And that includes making very tough decisions in certain circumstances. This is not a debatable issue here. I can't find it right now. I'll I'll be more prepared next time with all my stuff. And by then I'll hopefully have gotten my hub packet. Yes. Because the thing of the hubs is we are going to be getting big boxes full of lots of blank uh, petitions and stuff that we need to be able. And we're going to be the people that are facilitating the mailing every week to the headquarters office for the ballot initiative, which I think the headquarters might be somewhere on the West Coast. I don't know. Yeah, and we have to take Um, the initiative on this issue because unfortunately, as has been documented today, um, you know, we are dealing with a party that doesn't either know what they're doing or is- There were a few counties. And it's not so much. There were a few counties. There were a few county parties, Democrat chapters, that that are participating as hubs. There were a few of them on there. Um, nobody in Broward is, it's which, and guys, if you don't know, Broward is the bluest county in our state. And there, I, when I looked, there was not a single organization, not our DEC, not any local clubs or any of that, that had, re- t- that had decided to be a hub for ballot petitions. You know, it's pathetic, it couldn't really. be better timing to bring on our good friend Osiris, because let's be honest, you know, you, you you got all the liberals losing their mind about Trump being on CNN the other day, because let's face it, liberals love censorship and that's a problem. Uh, but the reason why Trump has any real momentum is because there is no resistance or whatever you want to call it. I hate that word. I don't right? know why anybody would be upset about anything on CNN. Don't watch it. <laughs> like, I don't like. No, 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 no. If you don't like CNN, don't watch it. I don't watch it. That's why when people say, did you see that? No, I didn't see that. I'm not watching that brain poison. Playboy magazine should not be printed. Or Hustler magazine should not be printed, (laughs) Mr. Flint. If you don't like Hustler magazine, don't read it. It's really complicated. It's, it's really complicated. hard, but it's very hard to understand. I know. That. It's so, it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around. He is the host of the Stuck in the Middle podcast. He is a friend and somebody who offers a differing opinion. Imagine that. Osiris, welcome back to Generational Change. Whoa, whoa. I'm here. My mic is new. How do I sound? Good. Sound great. Okay. Probably better than us. It can't be any worse than ours. No, we have tech issues yeah, sometimes. We do. And I just wanted to tell you, since I'm seeing you now, we are looking to launch our thing in June. We're getting close. So I just wanted to keep you posted that all is moving in the correct direction with that. Breaking news. I love coming on. Thanks for having me. And I want to see more of that. People working together, trying to get stuff done. Yeah. How you... No, I was just going to tell you, you know, we've recently lost bodily autonomy here. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And they're pushing for that six week abortion ban here. And so now um, there is a huge nonpartisan, just huge effort with ballot initiatives because we do, fortunately, in Florida have ballot initiatives. So that's what I'm focusing on. We have to get like a shit ton of signatures. But I do believe that if we get it on the ballot, it will pass and it'll be the ultimate fuck you. Too, because Florida really isn't red. It really isn't. Our legislature is very red. 
Florida is really just kind of populist. I know we're ha- see we're having tech. Oh, issues. oh, is that me? Let me see. No, it's, it's us. Okay, it's oh, us. okay, always us. So, like, we have a very red legislature, but Florida people are pretty populist. So, you know, if this gets on the ballot, it will pass. Like, we know we have the numbers. Most people support bodily autonomy. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. That's one of the few things that I disagree on with the MAGA side. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm legislatively, I'm pro-choice. And to me, I break it down like this to be consistent because a lot of people have you know, they, when they argue through, like Lance was just on with Tim Poole, yeah. and he, he hadn't thought this stuff through. And I almost wanted to tell him, Lance, here's what it is. Anytime a, a, an adult goes to a doctor for medical advice, it has nothing to do with me. I don't care if it's uh, abortion. I don't care if it's a needle in your arm. And that's the consistency I want to see. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that's, that's a true, so crazy. And that's a true libertarian attitude about our social issues, which yeah. is something that I think most people agree with, but people let religion get in the way. And what what's really frustrating <laughs> is, how do you, on one hand, say, "Oh, we're concerned about the baby, we're concerned about the unborn child"? Well, I don't see them providing prenatal care. I don't see them wanting to give the kid an education. I don't see them caring about that kid being able to get fed. You know, nobody seems to really care about that baby. So, is it really about the baby, or is it about controlling women? based on your religion. Yeah, I think it's mostly the religion. I think there is a little bit of education wise, I'm more with the Republicans and school choice and stuff like that. But I agree overall, this is about religion. It's about enforcing your beliefs on somebody else. And I think part of it is the people who are pro-life kind of feel like they don't have any victories in a lot of these battles. Now you see some locally, but I think this is one that they want to hang on to, but I am fully in support of the states making up their own mind. Yeah. I just know that it is not indicative of the general populace. That's what bothers me. If we like, as a society have agreed that we want to have this sort of concept of majority rule, which is a democracy, right? Like whatever your principles are, if you agree with democratic principles, we should have sort of a majority rule situation. And right now we don't have that in Florida. We've been basically taken hostage um, by radical right extremists in our legislature. And they do not represent the majority of people in this state. We know that, you know. So it's when I see that, that it's this is not democracy. That's not that's like a hijacking. And I, I don't think that that's right. So if you have a belief that's in the minority, then you have to just accept, well, I live in a democracy and I'm not getting my way on that issue because most people think this. That's what it's supposed to look like. And this particular issue is so divisive, which is exactly why it gets the most attention. It's oh, I'm furious. You know, there's, a, there's a reason why when it comes to the issues of health care, you're for universal health care. Tim Poole said during the debate with Lance of the Surf said he's for universal health care. It's like notice how no one pointed that out. But no one. Yeah, and I, that, we did. I did. No, I didn't do it when he talked with Lance, but I forgot it was in regards to the Mr. Beast video where he cured the blindness. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's when that's one of the first times I heard Tim Poole say he was uh, he was for universal health care. And I tweeted it. I was like, look. Yeah. 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 And that's the same. Listen, you know, we're very friendly with Sam Cedar, but he does the same thing. It's like, 
oh, well, let me see what uh, reaction video I can do to go after Tim Pool that has nothing to do with actually agreeing on a major issue because that doesn't sell. There's a reason why we have 12,000 subscribers and only 15 people are watching because we're not here to do TMZ work. That's not our goal. The goal here is to talk about shit that actually is relevant. You know? I think there's other reasons for that, too. We don't know well, for sure. Yeah. but well, our, We're a shadow band channel. I know. Yeah. That. You but guys are not. Yeah. You guys are independent thinkers. You're not tied into the corporate narrative. So. No. Oh, listen, we're totally screwed once we mm -hmm. start giving any type of kudos to Bobby Kennedy Jr. Because that's coming. That's, <laughs> well, I already you know. did. And as yeah. as it stands right now, if anybody's like keeping score, like, you know, how like you have like a scorecard and it goes at this point in the game, if I were to vote in the primary. I would vote for RFK Jr. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything about how I feel a year from now. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying if the primary were right now, that is who I would vote for because he just flat out said he was going to pardon Assange Snowden and named a whole list of other whistleblowers. And I go with tangibles. I go with tangibles. Tangibles, I can hold somebody accountable for a tangible. I don't need platitudes. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with him. And the whole Vax thing, it's like, all right, I don't agree with that, but it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. If he really wanted to change exactly what's going on here, and this is just my opinion, of course, but if he really wanted to go after Pfizer and the rest of them in a really big way, he's got to get out there and start talking about universal health care because he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't said anything about that. Doesn't mean that he won't. Well, no, and he's been very heavily focused the past 20 years. I don't know if you've done research into him, but he's predominantly an environmental justice yeah. lawyer. So it isn't necessarily that he doesn't support universal health care as much as that's just not been his niche. He's been, he sued the U.S. Navy. He sued Exxon. He's taken on, he has used his name Let's be real. There's power with that. There just is. All right. And he has used it to champion to champion oppressed and vulnerable communities that are, the, you know, recipients of like toxic waste. So this is somebody that to me has demonstrated, at least in some capacity, to give a shit. So, look, again, our bar is low here, Osiris. We have a very low bar we're dealing with. And I'm not voting for Joe. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not. I like a lot what I see from RFK. And let me throw this out to y'all. I know people think I'm crazy. I'm a lunatic. But I think RFK should be MAGA. I think RFK Jr. should be MAGA. And, and hear me out. His uncle, if his uncle had the same politics he had and ran today, he would be MAGA. And let's do a MAGA left and a MAGA right. Because you know who likes RFK a lot? A lot of mega people, a lot of libertarians are all over yeah. like him a lot, too. And see, we're not afraid of the environmental issue. I'm all good with it as long as it doesn't come from a beat it over the head authoritarian point of view. Well, yeah. we have said many a times, and this is where we break from, I, at least I break from the left considerably, is that I actually do believe in nuclear power. If your goal here is to get to a carbon neutral point in our energy consumption, you will not get rid of coal and natural gas without nuclear. It is not going to happen. Not and maintain our industrial lifestyle. But his stuff that RFK has been doing isn't so much that as like really fighting like how Stephen Donziger did for oh, like indigenous people who are being totally screwed by the fossil fuel industry and all these different things. So he's been doing it on behalf of people, not on some like in actual lawsuits, not just some walking around giving speeches, you know, and that to me speaks about somebody.
And our good friend of the show, Guy Guyverson, wants to know regarding Marianne. And look, it's very simple. RFK is a serious candidate. She's not. His numbers are there. He's got money she doesn't have. And he has credentials that she does not have. More, that's so, a big one, Guy. You know, Look up, seriously. And I would love somebody, if anybody yes. is a Marianne supporter, and I, and I say this seriously, please tell me what are her credentials slash qualifications to be the chief executive officer of the largest sovereign nation power in the world. There's, what are her qualifications? And I'm saying that in all seriousness because this isn't the people's house. This isn't Congress where I want just regular Joe people running. I don't. I don't. I want actually qualified, credentialed, experienced people. And I oh, and or I like people who have been in the military to be the commander in chief. What are Marianne's qualifications? What's her work experience? What's her elected experience? What's her military experience? And what's her educational background? You look up all four of those things and then come back and tell me if you think that that's a worthy discussion to have. The other reason why I think Bobby is a- Sorry, Osiris. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons <laughs> I think Bobby is a very formidable candidate is because he's willing to go places that Marianne and a lot of others are not willing to go. The fact that he is willing to say that, yeah, my uncle and my father were assassinated by the CIA. Like the fact that he's willing to do that is crossing the Rubicon. There is no going back from that because people know what the truth is, but saying it at that level yeah. is so vital at a time where our country is at a boiling point. We literally at each other's throats and everyone knows who's causing our plight and to not actually be willing to say it. And hell, even if he ultimately says, yeah, I'll, I'll martyr myself like my father did. If that's what it's going to take, then so be it, because we are heading down a very dangerous path, so dangerous that this is a very good segue because I know we're limited on time today. Yeah. Whether or not you want to hear what Donald Trump has to say, whether or not you're a fan of me. And think I I'm am a great just person. not. Wait, can I Sorry. just quickly say, Osiris, I think we need to change. I'm not I don't like MAGA. And here's why I don't like Matt. And I don't mean the people. I mean, yeah. literally the, 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 the slogan, literally. Um, I think we should just go with MAG. And, and the reason we need to go with MAG is because I would argue that for many, many people, it, there wasn't ever a MAG yet, right? Like they, we haven't had that for a lot of people. And I really think that makes us stand out. When you say MAGA to me, it speaks of some like idealized Camelot that really didn't exist, except for that we didn't have the access to information. And so why wouldn't we just say MAG? And, and you know what I mean? Like, because that's what we're capable of being. Well, that's I, what I think. I, why I would became, we want to be, why would running, we want to be When great? I was running for president, I said, make America great again. And uh, we certainly did not do that quite well. So we'll try again. <laughs> I just think we need to aspire higher than, yeah. than going back. And that we can do better. It bothers me. Why don't people that love this country want to get out there and show the world that not only do we have the greatest health care in, in the world, but we're going to afford it to our citizens so that we have the best health outcomes. Why do we enjoy being 51st? Why, why, where's the pride with that? Well, we actually, You know what I mean? Yeah, like, actually, what the F, man? I can't man? remember what the, who was our guest recently that we had this conversation, but uh, was uh, politically on the right. And I made very clear that the one thing that, the, the MAGA movement, the libertarian right movement has fully grasped at this point, even if they're not, they, they still got this idea that it's government run healthcare. But the one thing that they have all come to the conclusion on is that the for profit middlemen in between us and our doctors should not exist like that. They have completely gotten to that point where it's like whether it is 
United, Aetna, Cigna. We don't Blue need Cross. you. We don't need you. And then, of course, when it comes to Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, it's like we got to defang these guys. How no, do they, we do that? Well, they need to be well, incarcerated. Well, it's funny you ask because a universal health care through a single-payer system is exactly how you do it. That's how you do it. Well, I think we empty. What we should do is take all the nonviolent drug offenders out of prison and fill it with all the pharmaceutical executives. <laughs> oh, I'll sign for and that. by the way, and if you go ahead and do that, I'll even stop bitching about the for-profit prison, for prison system. Oh, I don't know if I can stop. No, that. no, no. <laughs> if we're profiting off of the right people being incarcerated. <laughs> oh, I don't know that I mind so much. Yeah. But, but, but Jen, let's let's make a deal, though. Yeah. I think you had a. That's a great idea. Make America yeah. great, Mag. Yeah, I will. Uh, my deal with you is because I like that. Yeah, because, it, yeah, that's the part that kind of throws people off a little yes. bit. Like the 1950s. Where we what are we talking about making it a great again? You're right. A lot of it was ignorance is what it was. Yeah. If because you know who else is MAGA? You two. I'm, I'm breaking news on generational change. You're both. But here's what. But there's a deal, though. I'll change it to, you know, for whatever my drop in the ocean means, change it to mag. If it means that y'all are and we are under the same umbrella. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm totally that. I, look, here's the thing. Listen, words no, matter. Words oh, totally God matter. Sake. No, it's my turn. I'm here. Believe oh, me. This really man. Excuse me. It took me a while to get down here from Mar-a-Lago. Terrible traffic. Look how Friday. small the hands Believe are next me. to the face. No, my totally, totally <laughs> humongous, <laughs> tremendous hands. Great hands. I love the idea of make America great again. Again, but I. But I think the idea is a great one. It's a great idea. Make America great. great. America's Just make America great. great. America's been great for me. Yeah, but well. It hasn't been great for everybody. That's it's the fact. It's time to make Fair. America great for everybody. Make America great for everyone. Well, I that works America. too, which is a little corny. Well, but I like it, but I, so. but it's better. I totally came up with it. So don't take credit. I'm not, I just, the idea of, again, is this nostalgic and, 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 and I'm sorry, but there are a lot of racial, racial connotations that people have, whether or not intended. And I'm not saying I, but I, I can somewhat understand that when yeah. we're talking about that time that people, cause let's be real. I am not nostalgic for that time myself. I'm not. Like, I'm I don't totally, want to go to I'm that. I'm totally not a racist. I only see one color. I green. don't see black. I don't see white. I don't see brown. You see green. I see green. I know. It's a great color. And I do believe I that about him, that he isn't. I do believe that. I, I think he's just a narcissist. I don't think he cares. No. Like, no, I don't totally think it has anything excuse, to do with excuse race. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm a totally stable genius. <laughs> yeah, oh, you belong so in the So what table. we're going to do now. I'm going to bring that other schmuck back onto the podcast so he can talk again. All right. And we're going to review exactly what I said at the live stream of the okay. channel the other day. And I did a great job. Yeah, you did what a great said. job. Despite what other people may think, believe me when I tell you, it was really great. And you're going to watch it now. Oh, good God. Oh, no, I will absolutely be. I would subscribe to be under a Make America Great. I, I don't like I wouldn't want this whole red hat thing because I oh. think you need your change own. The, yeah, change the branding. You need your own thing. But yeah, all, first of all, why wouldn't all of our goals? Who wouldn't have a goal to make America great? Whatever that is to you, why would you not want that? So like that I get. And because I just it doesn't sell and it doesn't get people riled because, up. Because, well, I know, and it, but it also very much alienates the left. Sure. 
Well, mm-hmm. fortunately, yeah. that's something that a lot of people on the left are going to have to really grow. I mean, not me personally. But that said, let's see what the Trumpinator had to say. I'm just an angry populist. Here. You know what I mean? Like, it's I'm just angry. Same and, here. And yeah. I just, I'm sick of these people's shit. This guy looks like Steve from 90210. That's that's the Tonight, CNN gave former President Donald Trump a live town hall forum, and he once again claimed the election was rigged and defended the throngs of Trump supporters who attacked the Capitol a few weeks later. The former president also claims this week's verdict that found him liable for sexual abuse was rigged. He also called the overturning of Roe v. Wade a great victory. He said a lot of things tonight. KTLA Samantha Cortez, a live in the news center with a closer look tonight. Here in Micah tonight, for more than an hour, former president and again candidate Trump spoke about key issues surrounding his campaign and personal life refusing to back down on some controversial topics. Here are just a few of key points from a very fiery town hall. In his first appearance on CNN since the 2016 election, former President Trump answered questions from CNN journalist Caitlin Collins in a New Hampshire town hall. Right off the top, Collins asked if he admits to losing the 2020 election. Unless you're a very stupid person, you see what happens. The former president did not concede defeat. It was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. All over the world, they looked at it. He also said he would accept the 2024 election results if it's, quote, an honest election. On foreign affairs, Trump was asked, who he wants to win the war between Russia and Ukraine. I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. Trump said Europe should be footing more of the bill, and it takes a strong president to get that to happen. He also said the war would have never happened had he won in 2020. Regarding abortion. A very complex issue for the country. Uh, you have people on both sides of an issue. But we are now in a very strong position. Pro-life people are in a strong position to make a deal that's going to be good and going to be satisfactory for them. He did not. All right. We have to pause there and get on this because this is like <laughs> this is third rail shit. And we don't know why he's saying it, even though he's had women he's been with have abortions. It's like we know he's not anti-choice. We know he doesn't really give a shit. So why would he why do you think he'll touch? It's it's not popular, Osiris. Like, why would he touch? You know, nationally, it is not popular. The numbers are showing that this is a losing issue. Yeah. Big, like big. Why do you think he's doing this? Well, the religious groups are were big um, supporting Trump. He has no choice. So but but his answer to me was great, though. He's trying to he he was saying, I'm going to try it. He, he can't say, hey, the people who fund me, all this, they, you know, Catholics, whoever else, they want this. What he said is we can make a deal. We can, every, basically, every answer to every question was in some way make a deal. And I actually like that. What he's saying is I'm not going to be uh, he's not fully pro-life legislatively. No. He's not pro-choice fully. He's going to try to work on something in the middle. And he also brought up federalism, which I fully agree on. Yeah. Uh, I think it's up to the states. We were surprised what Kansas did. I mean, I thought I was a little surprised, but um, that's what I started to learn. What was really popular? What wasn't? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. That's what we're trying to do here. Well, that'll be the big that'll be the big one, because the states that have allowed for the voting. And again, it's always the deep south. That is always the problem, because Kansas (laughs) is super red in the heartland. 
mm -hmm. uh, voted in favor of women's right to choose. Uh, Kentucky is technically in the Rust Belt, very red state, voted for women's right to choose. Montana is in the Great Plains region, super red state, voted for a woman's right to I choose. I mean, that that to me speaks, that, that's what it is, okay? This is why I feel like in Florida, we have been hijacked by a small group of radicals because I have spoken to people that are religious people that are still not down with this level of restriction on our rights and our freedom. You know, how could anybody sit there and say that they're about freedom, but they're okay controlling your freedom? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, DeSantis, didn't he, he didn't do any big fanfare with that bill because no, he knows. Completely un, uh, you know, unheralded. Six week abortion ban, which for people who don't know is really four weeks pregnant. Okay, six weeks gestation is four weeks pregnant because you start counting before the period. Okay, that's how it works. Look it up. Yeah. So if you're talking four weeks, most people don't know they're pregnant. And by the way, even with a 15 week ban, and this is also very infuriating as someone who did have an amnio with my second child, you are not eligible to have that until 16, between like 16 and 20 weeks is when you generally schedule to have the amnio. So when you say a 15-week abortion ban, you are essentially taking the choice off the table for people that don't want to have babies with severe issues, yeah. okay, profound problems. And that's essentially a ban, right? Like that's yeah. you're, you're only allowing the, the handful of people who just know right away and just know they don't want to be pregnant. Okay, but what about people that actually do want babies and do want to be pregnant and are trying to get pregnant and are now being totally screwed? By this. See, this is hurting more regular women than I think people understand. You almost have to wonder, and we'll continue the video now, you almost have to wonder that if the strategy between Trump and DeSantis is to basically just try to rile up as many of these religious people as possible to come out in the primary, and then as soon as it shifts to the general, the entire conversation shifts. And True. so, I mean, that may be the case, but who the hell knows? At this point, uh, anything is possible. We know that we can always expect the unexpected. So let's continue say whether he would sign a federal abortion ban, but called pro-choice advocates extremists and said overturning Roe v. Wade was a great victory. On the economy, Trump took a question from the audience. What is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. We're energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. This place was rocking. And then we were given a gift from China. Another mention of China when President Trump was asked about classified documents and the raid on his estate at Mar-a-Lago. You have the Presidential Records Act. I was there and I took what I took and it gets declassified. Uh, Biden, on the other hand, he has 1,850 boxes. He had boxes sent to Chinatown. Collins pushed back on this issue. It led to this now trending moment. Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you. are a nasty person. I'll tell you. <laughs> President Biden reacted to the town hall tonight saying, it's simple, folks. Do you want four more years of that? In the news center, Samantha Cortese, Sharon Micah, back wow. to you. Sam, thank you. Wow. He lit, guys, he he lit them up. I'm sorry. I, is, I, don't, I didn't hear what your take was on it, but that was one of Trump's well, finest moments. It's, it's just, first of all, I have a few takes. One, I think that they sent the wrong person to that job. Oh, oh yeah. I also, they, think, <laughs> I also think that that was probably part of how it was set up that he would do it in the first place. I don't think, I think mm. Trump is probably and his team are very careful as to, so I think had it been somebody else, it might not have even happened. 
So I mm-hmm. think it happened this way because he does that. And well, generally speaking, the person—listen, I'm no fan—but the person who generally does that is either uh, Anderson Cooper or even Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> but it's usually Anderson Cooper. And my guess is is that they didn't want to have that conversation. No, smart. Think, yeah, but, uh, you got give Trump credit for that. That's smart politics, at least. I just, Not- and he also the problem I have with him on the abortion issue is he's never t- made a stand. And I'd like somebody to take a stand. He chose the line. And it, when people say, oh, OK, overturning Roe v. Wade was a good decision. Leave it up to the states. OK, I get that. I understand the federalist argument. I do. But when you're doing it, basically, because that's the cop out, because you really don't want to say that you are pro-choice, which is what I really think is the case with him. Yep. Yep. That bothers me. And I see that as a sign of sort of cowardice. Because, And, and maybe when you're in a second term and you're not having to think about re-election, maybe you actually can lean into some of those things that you don't have to be concerned with, you know, what other people think anymore. But that would, I would have ultimately more respect for him. And I, I don't have a problem with that Roe v. Wade was overturned from a jur- you know, judicial standpoint, because it was a crappy decision. And I get that. But really, the people celebrating it are not because they are federalists. Okay. No. That's, and that's, and that's the problem. And so to, for him to use that sort of way, it's sort of, he's skirting the issue. I agree. Uh, I would like him to say I'm that's my my take is uh, for me personally, I would want any you know person I'm married right now. But, you know, hypothetically, wife get, or somebody gets pregnant, I'm pro-life. I would want to do everything to make it work. But I don't impart that on everybody else. I would have no problem saying personally I'm pro-life. But number one, I'm not a woman. So, I mean, what is that? And then number two, it's up to you and your doctor. Yeah. It's just not our business what people yeah. do medically. Isn't that crazy Why? that we're discussing? Like Wild. we're not concerned with people's other organs. Same with the transgender issue. My yeah. issue, my, I, I am the same. And people on the MAGA side really come at me for this. But when if a parent yeah. and a child decide to go to a doctor to have, I don't care what you want to call it, Whatever. affirming care, it has not, it is none of my business. Go do you. So the same with the jab in the shoulder, the uh, underage transgender care, as long as the guardian agrees and the doctor agrees. And then same with the abortion consistent across the board. Same as me. And I and I do find people are kind of all over the place with it. One of the things we see in Florida, and this is something that I find infuriating and the right uses it all the time. They go under this uh, this idea of their it's parental choice when it comes to banning the books. When it comes to banning the the race stuff and the books and all of those things, they sit there and say it's a parent's choice. It's it's a decision that a parent should make as to what their children should be exposed to. So that's the parent's choice. But when it comes to gender affirming care, now it's the state's choice, not the parent's choice. And the same people are arguing Mm -hmm. both of those things. And Mm -hmm. I find that very frustrating. And yes, it is the right. It Mm -hmm. is. And I don't you know what, like. I don't know what it would be like if I had a transgender child. Um, But I know that being like from a sense of a transgender person's perspective, their life is hard enough, man. Their whole existence in their life is so hard enough. These are people that are really the, you couldn't kick down any more in our society than going after that group of people. And they are just so not threatening in any way. It's yeah. like none of your business what goes on in people's pants. So here's my, but, but I'm going to challenge. Yes, I agree. The people on the right, yeah. inconsistent, but the left too. I, I agreed with Lance on abortion. 
I saw on Twitter, I tweeted at him, but then I said, why don't you have the same take when it comes to the um, pandemic? And he didn't answer. He just blocked me. And that's just an example. I mean, he's just one person, but on the left, you got to be consistent too. Yeah. Well, we, I I I know you guys are. Yeah, I am. I I don't support bans or mandates. It's just not my vibe. I'm very, this is the difference between somebody who relies on making a living doing Mm -hmm. a podcast versus Mm -hmm. people that are doing it to try to help change the narrative in a positive yeah. way. And Lance is a prime example of that. And look, if he sees it, you know, he's been on our show, but this is not about, we have to protect people on our side or some crap like that. It's not how this works. You know, I see it on the right all the time. I see the fights that go on and people disagree. People on the left have to be more open to this idea that not everything is cut and dry. No. Just because one specific issue is more libertarian or one's more progressive, but just be where the people are. And that is a very hard thing for a lot of people. Consistency is important. Yeah. I agree. Like I find, I my only one that yeah. would be, I'm the opposite in consistency. Yeah, it is exactly bungled and botched. What it's none I of do, your business. But what I do want to point out, which is very important, and Hunter Ray says this, and this is the big mistake that was made in 2016, and they're going to make it again. Trump, do you want four more years of this nonsense? It doesn't matter if you want four more years of this. You can't vote against something again to make it so unless the person you're voting for is actually emphatically making people's lives better. Hunter, he's not going to lose this time. We have we are facing a situation. Forget the Hunter Biden scandal or any of that other stuff. We had an opportunity where we truly needed a populist president from the left in the White House. And we didn't just get status quo, Joe. We got something in some ways even worse, despite what people try to sell. Not only did he make excuse after excuse for the simplest of changes like the $15 minimum wage as to why you couldn't have it. He has been as anti-labor a president as any since Reagan. And that includes what he's done to the railroad workers, which is unforgivable as far as I'm concerned. And you're seeing the after effects. It's not just East Palestine. Everyone just points at one specific mm-hmm, incident mm-hmm. where things were really bad. No, Norfolk Southern is the problem. It's like, well, Trump did this or Biden did. Th- who gives a shit? They're what matters the is they're all bought by the same. That's the problem. And that above everything else, you cannot vote against somebody thinking that that's what's going to win. Well, that's not how it works. Well, that's why we have to get together and have these discussions because you guys have strengths in areas that I don't and other people on the right don't blind spots. We only have so much time. Yeah. You can't cover every story. So you you guys highlight that. And that's a great point about the railroad. I didn't talk about that. And I didn't hear anybody on the right talk about that. Well, they only talked about it when it was politically convenient to talk about it. Yeah. The right look better about it. It's all that happened on Biden's watch. Yes. Biden did certain things in succession that led to it. And then there were several trail der- train derailments that happened as a result after the We fact. have a thousand a year. People are talking about Gretchen yep. Whitmer potentially being a candidate for president, the governor of Michigan in 2028. She will never get past Flint. No. It will never happen. They don't they have will clean never water. be able to do it. And then yeah. if you decide when you're going to run for president that all of a sudden we're now going to fix the pipes in Flint too effing late. Political convenience is not something that's slipping by people anymore, which is a great thing. But the consensus of where we need to go is much more, uh, you know, in line with, you know, just kind of having the type of conversations that we need to have. And so 
We could talk about the Ron DeSantis anti-union bill, but that's something we'll talk about, you know, solo after you go. But we obviously need to address Elon Musk's decision to bring on this lady. Um, who is her, it? Her name is Linda Yaccarino, who is now going Yacarino. to be the head, to be the CEO of Twitter. What is the most important thing to note about this particular woman is that she I don't give a damn what organization she follows. I don't care if she follows the most conservative, liberal, crazy organizations. The fact of the matter is this woman was employed by the WEF, the World Economic Forum, basically Davos. You could say it however which way you want. But when you talk about the masters of the universe that are controlling the economies, not just ours, but the world over. Who did you think he was going to put in charge? What does that say about Musk putting somebody like this lady in charge? It says exactly that he's exactly who he is. I don't understand like how this is so count. Like, yes. He's an oligarch. I'm just saying. (laughs) Everyone. But but let me tell you, though, I was. So I'm a big Tesla fan. And I when when Elon bought Twitter, I was very excited because I thought he would be more for free speech. And he's not. He's only for his own definition of free speech. And you're right, Jen. I got tricked, but I still like Elon because of his business acumen, his engineering acumen. But when it comes to morals and free speech and doing the right thing, I think you can see that there are questions. He's just, you know what? He's just another one. These people are about themselves. That's what it is. okay? and they're going to do what's in their best interest. Peons be damned. And sometimes it lands on the right side and sometimes it doesn't. That's just how it goes. But it isn't out of any sort of moral obligation. Yacarino previously spent 11 years with NBC Universal, where she's most recently has been the chairman of Global Advertising and Partnerships. She resigned from the role earlier this this morning, of course. Uh, a positive for Tesla stock. Well, that if that ain't a conflict of interest, I don't know what is. Uh First made his bid in April of 2022. Tesla shares closed today, $330. See, I don't understand why you would find that to be a conflict of interest. Uh, that she's hiring, she's being hired specifically to boost Tesla stock. Uh, I would mm-hmm. think that that is What does that problem. matter? He owns both businesses. Good for him. Cross-promoting. That's just cross-pollinating your businesses. I, Again, you're saying, is he an oligarch? Yes. What do you think oligarchs do? They create more and more businesses, link them up, and make more and more money. That's how they work. So why would he not bring in somebody from one business into another? I don't understand how that's even a conflict of interest. If I own two businesses and I want somebody to work in different capacities in different businesses, how is that a conflict of interest? I think the bottom line is that people really had this idea in their head that something was going to happen with Musk taking over and he was somehow truly going to give the power back to the people. And it's Sorry like, you yeah. thought that, he may have taken I did not. blue checks away from the privileged liberals who want everyone to think that what they say and do is so very, very important. But to say that this in any way, shape, or form was going to change the economic world order, no way in hell. Yeah, on top of that, I mean, Twitter is not even Twitter anymore. It's X. I mean, it's going to be pay, um, payments through it, um, phone calls through it. It's going to be like the everything app. And then on top of that, to see someone, what was her official, uh, what is her official position? Was she a chair or something? CEO. On the, no, uh, on the, well, on the, on the WEF. Oh, on what was she did for that? What was yeah. she World Yeah, Economic I can Forum. look that up. I think that she, uh, she sat on some type of a board uh, regarding the WEF. And, yeah. you know, when you're making those types of decisions. I don't see how that's remotely surprising. Who do you think people like Elon Musk affiliate with? They all are friends, the kind of people. And I have a friend from growing up that actually is somebody who goes to Davos. Mm. And I know that it's a very, very small club. 
But yeah, they're going to hire from within. Why would he not bring in somebody from his little group of friends? You know, very often I say they say it's a big club and you ain't in it. And no, it's a small club and you're not invited. And when people are making decisions, you know, if you've seen Wall Street, uh, you know, when we had the privilege of speaking with Oliver Stone, you know, I told him the most important scene in that film is not the speech about greed is good. It's actually the follow up scene where he talks to Charlie Sheen in his office about how the world actually works, about how, I, you know, this painting is I bought it for 60,000 today. I can sell it for 600,000. Why? Because the illusion has become real. Not that there's any substance to it. It's that we make the rules and then everyone out there in the general public is wondering how the hell we did it. And then he says, you're not naive enough to think we're living in a democracy, are you? It's the free market. And that is what this is. I'm not a big fan of it. That's all. That's the truth. I'm not. It leaves too many people out and there's too many people that are vulnerable. And I just happen to give a shit. Yeah. Let me say this. Uh, I would still say do your videos on Twitter just from a creator standpoint. Yeah. See, fundamentally, Twitter has problems, the same problems they had before Elon, just different because Elon has a different personality. But one thing Elon will do is improve the platform. He's going to make it. I think he's going to make the video better. He's going to make the usage of it better. But it's just going to be fundamentally a government psyop. It always was and will always be, will be. Yeah. Last thing before you go, um, the thing that I took away probably more than anything else over the last 24, 48 hours is how it really is amazing. Uh, I would say of all the liberal talking heads that are out there that think that their shit don't stink, that I personally think are just as useless as anybody is Don Winslow, if you happen to know that name. And so you have him who is, a, you know, he's part of the Hollywood scene. He's part of the New York social scene and all that. And he's an author. You know, again, he checks every box. Let's put it that way. Who? Don Winslow. Oh, okay. that, you know, he's a, like late 60s. All right. He's the whole thing. So here's a guy who was advocating very hard for CNN not to air Donald Trump's uh, town hall. And it just amazes me to no end how ready, willing and able elitist liberals are to censor. Oh, like, yeah. That's a really, and they do it without even thinking about it. How yeah. about that it's the same people that are pissed off that the right is censoring? That's the thing that's so crazy. So in Florida, you've got the right censoring stuff about, they don't, the truth is, Osiris, they don't want us learning about LGBTQ issues. They just don't. They don't like it. It makes them uncomfortable. They don't want it. They could call it whatever they want, parent rights, whatever. It, that's bullshit. But like, they, all of a sudden, we can't learn those things, but then the left doesn't want us to hear that. Like, how how do they justify it? How does somebody like that justify that he's okay with censorship when I'm sure this is somebody who's fighting against the right wing censorship here? Yeah, and he was that was the rant where he was cussing about it too. Or uh, my, did you see that, Peter? Was that the one where he was he went on a rant about CNN having? Yeah, like how dare you? Yeah, Trump is a liar. Yeah, sexual assault or and all this, and it's like. If the 14th Amendment is not enacted, then he is eligible to run for president. He could run from president from prison, much like Eugene Debs did. So people forget their history. They just want to create it, recreate it. But I still believe that probably the biggest reason why they react to Trump the way that they do has as much to do with the fact that they know that their party is in deep shit right now. And they know that if they even attempt to run Biden again, it is not going to end well. It is clear as day 
that the numbers are starting to bear out now. I ain't voting for you, Joe. That's not a good sign. We did everything we could in our capacity. You know, we played along and did our part. But he has been a massive failure. And you can blame Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin until well, the cows let us, come Let home. us put out our choice for 24, Manchin, parliamentarian. <laughs> I don't know her name, but we'll just go with parliamentarian because it really doesn't matter. Do we care? So Manchin, parliamentarian, 24. That's where the real power in the party is, people. And then you get these yep. real pencil neck kids. Isn't that funny? Like, that I are, thought it was the funniest thing. Like, I, I, the, one that I, the, the one that I particularly point out is Harry Sisson because, you know, he's one of these kids that's been getting – you know, and again, they're getting paid, obviously. Um, and there's one down here that I will not mention by name because I don't we don't need the freaking drama. No, but the don't. fact of the matter is, is that these kids come from extremely affluent, privileged backgrounds. They get thrust into these positions because mommy or daddy is connected. Do you to even the- know who he's talking about, Osiris? Uh, not, not in Florida, but I know Harry Sisson. That's what I mean. Sure. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Harry Sisson was on with Tim Dillon and spilled the beans. He was like, I criticized Hakeem Jeffries and my follower count went down. And basically, that's the last time I'm going to yeah, do that. Like, they, well, he let the cat out of the bag. When we were in D.C., that's when when I made her listen to it. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's saying it. He's, he's doing exactly what you're not supposed to do. He's actually letting the cat out of the bag and admitting that, yeah, this is a grift. Yeah, we're getting paid to say this shit. Even if we don't necessarily agree with it, we know who wants to hear it. It's the people who live in the cul-de-sac. They need to hear this. I live in the cul-de-sac. Their feelings, very important and very necessary because they're the ones who are obsessed and follow politics all day, every day. Politics is not meant to be followed at that rate, but that's what they do. And it's an all-year Operation. This you say this, which it should, no, but it shouldn't be. I don't want. I don't want politics to be all year round, all day, every day. That's not what it's supposed to be. It is free. Our election seasons are way too long. That's true. Yeah, and I, I know you guys are going to talk about it, but uh, just one quick take on the DeSantis yeah. un- Union bill because yeah. I was looking through that bill. The, my biggest takeaway from that is who was exempted. I know you guys are probably going to talk about that. Police and fire. That, so I don't actually don't have a problem with the bill. If you guys know, I'm we probably are a little different on unions because I yeah. hate that they're so political. I they like are. the I idea. I agree with that hundred percent. They are. Yeah. They so are. so DeSantis is going after his political enemies, which are unions. I my problem with it is, I don't know what reason he gave, but it's got to apply to everybody equally. That's my biggest problem with it. And it really, the thing is, when we're talking about that, it's affecting rank and file. It's not affecting the the union bosses that make it so political. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. Rank and file is just collateral damage. And when you, first of all, I think right to work, it bothers me that that's even been found constitutional. I don't think it is. I think it interferes with our First Amendment rights to assembly. Um, It's definitely Mm -hmm. a violation of the National Labor Relations Act. Um, There's a lot of things, but we know that it's political. Um, and it's not in the best interest of workers. It's really not. And again, not unions are definitely also a problem. I'm not saying that they're not, but to decrease the ability for people to organize in any capacity is not going to be in a worker's best interest. I was, I was, we'll leave on this note. I have said to people that I know, including somebody we are very friendly with, who is very high up in the sunrise movement. And I would say this to anybody, including the new up and coming group climate defiance who were the ones that uh, obviously did the big protest in front of the uh, correspondence dinner last week and just completely uh, embarrassed Amy Klobuchar at this book tour event that she did in, I think, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That pleases so, me. 
What I would say to them is I would say to anybody is that like unions, you can absolutely represent labor. You can represent the climate movement. The second you lock arms with the Democratic establishment, it's over. over. It is over. And nope. then either you can accept That's that fate or you can continue doing what you're doing and become a real pain in the damn ass. One of the reasons why the League of Women Voters is such a great organization, even though they are clearly liberal and clearly support the Democratic Party, they do not lock arms with the Democratic Party. You they say stay. they support the Democratic Party. I can say as an active League member mm-hmm. um, that they do not, they are not Democrats. They only go for policy. And the other thing yeah. about the League that people don't know is they research the hell out of stuff. If the League has a position on something, not only have they researched it, they've written papers on it. That's how thorough they are. So they're issue-based, nonpartisan, and they take that very seriously. I, and I, it's, it, they are a good effect, organization. If organizations want to be effective, then that is absolutely a must for the future. And on one final note, we, we talked about it a lot the other day, uh, we cannot stand Matt Gates. I think he is what he is, spoiled little kid who got daddy's job in Congress, but Credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. He is co-sponsoring a bill with AOC to ban stock trading. As far as I'm concerned, that's an issue that should be talked about all that the time. Is- not about whether or not somebody attended Crystal and Kyle's effing wedding. Like, yeah. that's not news. But this- I've been critical of AOC. I'm a big Matt Gates fan, but we, and we're a little different. But I've been critical of AOC. Props to her, too. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And this is why you coming together on this project that we're working on is going to be very effective in the same way. How can people find yes. your work? How can they get involved? Anything that you Are have you going still on? going by Stuck in the Middle podcast? Um, well, I'm going by Middle MAGA now. And the yeah. reason why is because, okay. well, the real reason why is Stuck in the Middle is very hard to search anywhere. So um, I wasn't very media savvy when I started. I'm still not. Yeah. But you can go, so you can search Stuck in the Middle, but Middle MAGA is the best way. Okay. MiddleMAGA.com, Middle MAGA on yeah, Twitter, YouTube. guys, check YouTube. out Cyrus's show. And, you know, it's always good when you're having like your little library of subscriptions to get takes from the other side of your aisle and to be able to do so in a way that's reasonable and respectful is really helpful. And you don't have to agree with it, but it's really good to just at least see what other people are talking about. And I wouldn't want anybody to have to watch like Fox. So I I suggest that's why I suggest like less, you know, more reasonable discussions on. Yeah. yeah. So guys, check out middle MAGA. It is what we need. Thank you so much as always, my friend. We'll be in touch. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, he's one of my favorite guests. I he like him. Yeah, like is. for people, like I I have tapped him uh, as a resource for a project that we're working on that's a nonpartisan project that's coming to fruition. Um, he's just a good guy. I don't have to agree with people on everything. What is that incessant need that we have to agree about everything? How boring would that be? How boring would that be? Like, why I do I need to agree with everything? I still think that is the effect of living in the social media age that we live in today, where I think a lot of it is mental illness that people end up developing because of the content. Again, social media, particularly Facebook, which admitted, Mark Zuckerberg admitted as such that it's designed like a slot machine to keep yeah. you pulling the lever and to keep going and going. And it's like, I'm, what and do I, you, you know expect? what? I got to tell you, I'm glad I'm not on. Yeah. And it definitely is, I feel like I have gained a certain level of mental clarity over the past few years of not being on social media. What I have also told people all the time is that if you ever really want to understand the detrimental effects of social media, 
remember how your brain feels and how your body feels after you're done reading 15 to 20 pages of a book versus spending an hour on social media. And you will notice that there is a different physiological difference in terms of how you feel. Does that count for audiobooks? Sure. Okay. You are listening. You are registering. You are paying attention. It allows me to kind of multitask, and especially with nonfiction topics, oh, sure. it's much easier. Folding laundry. Exactly. Well, that's example. what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not, yeah. But when you're constantly worrying about what people are saying on social media, and this is often the case, one thing you will notice about social media, very, very often, you're going to see the same people over and over again. That's a sign. That should be a sign. It's not as big as you think. No. Elon Musk is by far the most popular person on Twitter, and if he gets a million likes... That's a lot out of 330 million people just in the United States. Remember, Twitter is global. It's not just here. The point is, even the largest social media platform is a very small microcosm. It is. That's the truth. It's a small world. And most voters, like we've learned that there's really not a very strong correlation with what you see online and what you see at polls. They're two different worlds. So there is one final issue, obviously, we're going to talk about, of course, our governor who just will not stop because, of course, he's trying to get as much credentials for the pro-business world as he possibly can. Florida Still teachers to their- he's running, though. No, well- Just saying. He's, keep, he's keeping uh, Jeez, his pulse no on everything, but we'll see. Florida teachers sue to stop Governor DeSantis' new anti-union law. The governor and likely presidential G- GOP presidential hopeful- just signed a bill that will make it harder for public sector unions to collect dues. And so, of course, the legislation known as Senate Bill 256. He hasn't signed it into, I don't think he signed it. It's horrible, people. And we can explain why in a minute, but it's bad. Senate Bill 256 bars most unions representing government employees from receiving dues directly from workers' paychecks. It also requires those unions maintain at least 60% membership in their workplaces to avoid being decertified and losing their collective bargaining agreements. As if a right to work state wasn't bad enough, labor groups have decried the legislation as a political attack by Republican legislators and Governor Ron DeSantis, who's expected to announce a run for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. Unions say the law will make it more difficult for them to collect dues and will add new accounting requirements that smaller affiliates will find burdensome. Governor DeSantis made it clear before the legislative session started that he was coming after teachers, staff, and professors in Florida. Yeah, this is really a problem. So we are a right-to-work state, which is bad enough, because it really is bad. Um, and But we at least have the capability, or at least our um, government unions have the capability of taking union dues out of paychecks, so that at least, though, even though people can opt out, at least they can still opt in. So now what's going to happen if this legislation goes through is that those unions will no longer be allowed to take dues out of paychecks. They're going to have to have a whole separate system to collect dues, and they're going to have to redo it every year. So every single year, the unions are going to have to re-enroll to get payment from each member every single year. So what that's going to do is it's going to decrease union membership because it makes anything that makes something more complicated and more difficult and more inconvenient, you're going to lose people in that. So what this is going to do is it's taking a right to work state and basically now saying you don't even have that. In crafting the legislation, Republicans added a carve out for unions representing police, 
firefighters and corrections officers, so that those groups will not be subject to the new regulations. Those unions happen to lean more conservative than the ones targeted by the bill, i.e. unions for school teachers, Basically academics, teachers. nurses, sanitation workers, and other municipal it's employees. The teachers. So if this isn't a politically motivated bill, I don't know what is. He's literally just purposely fucking the teachers without saying that he's fucking the teachers. But that's what this is. That's what this is. This is him and his pissing match with the, the, the educators. Because if it's if you're exempting the firefighters and the police officers, then you're basically specifically targeting teachers. Katie, clearly there are a lot of people in the state, more so than not, that do like the governor. I like certain things that he's done. I think he gets shit done. I I think that he's definitely done things that have helped the environment here. He's done things that have helped uh, parents regarding paying for educational expenses now, that even has helped me. But now the GOP is trying to pass a bill that basically allows for an old uh, form of um, uh, grounding material for uh, road paving roads and bridges and things that is extremely toxic. And, and this is like, uh, I'm going to look it up. That's crazy GOP, stuff. That's crazy uh, stuff. No, I'm not going to hate on DeSantis. I see everybody as an individual that does things I like and things I don't like. And um, I think that him signing the six-week abortion ban was a bridge too far for most people in terms of him being really a viable national candidate. I think that's way too draconian. And, you know, look, most polls show that people do not like it. So I think that really hurt his chances. Um, I don't hate him. I didn't, I was not a Charlie Chris supporter. So it wasn't like, you know, I was in on that. I think that if Charlie Chris were our governor, there still wouldn't be a bridge to Sanibel. That's what the problem, I think. of course, is that if you, even if there was a miracle circumstance where Charlie Chris was governor, you're dealing with a, a legislature that isn't properly being challenged. So you wouldn't get anything done right, anyway. Right. That's the thing. It wouldn't matter anyway. But I just, the fact I don't that they think they left two uh, Democrats at the side of the road. That we know personally that could have easily won their seats, but With the party made no help. effort at all whatsoever to give a hand. It's like, who cares who's at the top if you it's again, what is the point of building a house if your foundation is gonna sink? Right. They put all their eggs in the Val Demings and Charlie Chris baskets, and they completely neglected winnable down ballot races and have further left this state much more vulnerable to that radical red legislature. Again, Florida, I, re I reject the concept that we're a red state. And Katie, you would be in the majority if you're talking about people who actually are pro-life, which is you are pro-life, but there are always circumstances where it is not your right to tell a woman what to do with her body. No, to me, it's and just so, not, not ever okay. Pretty simple. Mind so, your business, mind your own body. What do we have coming up on Monday? Um, aren't we talking with um, Mr. Perkins? Mr. Perkins? Um, confessions of the author of a book called economic, uh, confessions of an economic hitman. And this, I believe the recent one is a third edition and he's added some new information about like really the China strategy, which is not that different from our strategy in terms of what we're ultimately seeking. And the concept of economic hitmen are basically, and this is how the world works. Um, there's a group of people that travel around the world on behalf of the United States and basically make deals with other countries that they can't refuse. And, yes. And, and essentially get other countries to be indebted to us 
by taking out massive amounts of loans. Now, China is definitely doing a lot more of that in, in recent years. We're going to talk about that. But basically, the whole concept of economic hitman strategy is to create complete economic subjugation by the most vulnerable countries to be completely dependent on the empire. That's the purpose. And um, it's pretty sorted. And this is a gentleman who's a whistleblower for that industry, a lot like Wendell Potter is for healthcare. So this is somebody who was an economic hitman and um, is now talking about what the real point is behind that. If you like our content and appreciate the fact that we're not a drama-filled network and are really trying to make things positive in terms of change that we desperately need, please go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as $5 a month. You can become a supporter of our show, help it grow. You get the Lulu sticker as an intro gift. Big shout out to our friend Lisa Collins, who is a regular viewer of our show, became a $10 patron. And of course, those $10 patrons also get the Mansion Parliamentarian bumper sticker. We think this is the most likely president in 2024. Well, that's So is Jordan Jarrett of Status Quo News, who has the banner below the United Corporations of America flag. And finally, of course, if you are the very, very generous $25 a month contributor, like our wonderful friend in the chat, Guy Guyverson, you get yourself one of the tri-blend, silky smooth, generational change jersey. You know you love it. It's awesome. It's great. But this really is not incredible. our regular time. So we will Definitely be back not. at our regular time on Monday. We tried our about, best to accommodate. Clearly, we're too nice. Uh, we won't be doing that again. No, that will not happen again. But we will accommodate for our good friend Steve Grumbine, although he understands that our accommodation means starting maybe at 7 or 8 o'clock at night instead of 9. So with that said, we appreciate you guys. Smash that like button. Do all those wonderful things that we constantly ask you to do. It and helps. know that it does make a difference one way or the other. No matter how small of an audience we may have right now, um, we hope you enjoyed the show. And I'd like to think we act quick on our feet. Got some important topics to talk about. Well, there's no shortage of shit to talk about. Let's be clear with that, right? Like, it's not like you ever have to hunt for something to talk about. That's true. But we do have a big project we're working on. Obviously, we want to get... A woman's right to choose on the ballot in 2024. It's key. We need a, close to a million signatures by December 31st. Um, and it's not even just a million signatures. It's a certain amount from each county. We could make a, tr we could, we could travel the state a little bit. We well, and there are certain rural places that are going to need people to go out and, and collect because it yeah. has to be from, it used to be 14 of the 27 congressional districts. But now that it's 28, I don't know if the number is now 15. But you you we'll can't just have out. like, but the point is you can't just have like Miami-Dade, Palm Beach and Hillsborough, Pinellas basically be all the votes, be all the ballots. Like no, that's no, no, not gonna work. Not. No, you gotta right. go, you gotta go into Polk County, gotta go into Charlotte well, County, you have County, to. Collier County. We need, yeah. I need 30,000, I need about 30,000 plus signatures in Broward. And I'm owning that, like I'll take on that. Um, but it, no matter, I, anything more than that won't help us. That's my point. Because if they're not from the right places, you know what I'm saying? We can't compensate. Like we can't compensate for the people in the panhandle. That is correct. That will not be an easy trip, but one that is going to be made by somebody hopefully close to it that will help. It is definitely a gettable number. It is an issue that is very hot button for most people. It will help us exponentially, especially with down ballot candidates mm -hmm. that are looking to make a real difference. This is an issue that they can really run with and then include the economic left populism that we're trying to fight for here yeah. in the country. So, so we are a everybody. hub. We our are general generational change is a hub for the for this for is our task for the next day. Floridians protecting freedom. Um, it is, and it's a big deal. So we will have, I haven't gotten my original package yet, which is why I haven't been really promoting, but I did order my nice little lockbox for the door. Apparently, I know this won't surprise you, the opposition 
steals ballots. Shocking. And so because they do that, all they'd have to do is look at the hub map and go try to to steal ballots. Oh, if there's one thing about our us left populists here, we do believe in the Second Amendment. So if you have any intention of coming to this house and stealing property. No, I don't have a firearm. I don't have a But what just, I do no, have. Just, just remember what I said. I don't have a firearm. But what I do have coming is a nice lockbox. So that it will be attached to my home. That doesn't change my point. No, it's well, no, I'm saying my method is going to be with a lockbox. You can choose to do firearm. I am just going to have a lockbox. That's how I will justify the safety of my things. Thank you so much. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.